0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting Headlines for Thursday. COVID and the vaccination question raging in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins saying he's questioning his NFL future over the mandate to get the vaccine. Then division rival Jalen Ramsey retweets in a mocking way. It's heating up, but this is a deeper conversation. We'll get into it, and as we mentioned in the news from FSR, Big 12 emergency meeting, Texas, Oklahoma, what does this say if they do go to the SEC? The fact that there's an emergency meeting, how big football is compared to basketball because you know what? Kansas isn't in that offer. Here comes a 4-Hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox I've the future. I've the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Wow. It's the NBA season. Is over plus a day, and the NFL steps right in, not missing a beat. Sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro, he's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox.
2: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some potential major changes in the world of college football, and we got training camps starting around the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday?
0: I think we start with the NFL and we start with COVID. And the vaccination and specifically with Hopkins, because to me, this is a interesting, you know, there's a political angle to this. There's also a financial angle and there's a betting angle potentially because the teams that don't have the sufficient number of vaccinations are, I think, at a competitive disadvantage.
2: Yeah, the NFL sent a long memo out today to NFL teams. It was grabbed by NFL Network's Tom Pellicero and others in talking about their uh, what will happen this upcoming season if an unvaccinated player tests positive for COVID. Uh, Anything from a game that will not be rescheduled that will be forfeited as a loss to both teams on either side not getting paid. But they also did mention that a vaccinated player, they will work to try and figure out a way to make sure they can get these games in. But the point. being overall they're encouraging players around the league get vaccinated or else
0: and this is the latest layer on all of that okay so this is the time we have to give our disclaimer which is straight out of Vegas it's our belief that even if you disagree with the other political side as long as you're listening as long as you're giving it due consideration that's how progress is made you can feel super adamant about something, but in a way, because you feel so adamant, is why you've got to take the other side seriously. Because if you don't, or when I say take them seriously, you've got to give them their due, got to give them th- their right to have the opinion they have. You know, there's that old saying, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, burning the American flag is, you know, I hate anyone that would do it, but I would die to defend his right to do it. And, I'm not saying that we live in some utopia where it's like, you know, some jingleistic idea of like, yeah, we all got equal, right? You know, listen, if you are a big second amendment guy or gal, you're going to have some strong feelings about it. No doubt about it. And if, if it's abortion, there's a lot of hotbed issues. And to me, I politically, I'm a libertarian. I mean, it really is that simple is I think stay out of people's business. If it doesn't hurt anyone else, let them have their fun, whatever it is. And I also think the government should do what the government does best. And otherwise I don't want a lot of intrusion in any way, really, you know, and I feels very American to me, but I know a lot of people think differently. What we know is the COVID and the vaccine specifically is politically hot that there is a sense of okay the progressives on the left are believers in science and and I say that with you know a little sarcasm because I don't think they're the only ones that believe in science but I think that they 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 certainly follow science more blindly it feels like sometimes and. Uh, the, if you're pro vaccine, you know, it's funny. I got the vaccine and I never thought about it politically. I thought, okay, I've dodged this thing for, you know, like 15 months or whatever. I, you know, I want to, I would hate to get it after all that time. But I also get the idea that on the other side, people are saying, hey, we don't know. That, you know, uh, this hasn't been tested the way a typical vaccine would. And listen, I'm no doctor. But obviously, when you warp speed something like this was, that there's a chance you could at least have some thought, hey, maybe a step was skipped. Maybe they weren't quite as careful. And if you're a person that's healthy and you say, I'm weighing my options, I don't think that's crazy. Now, what gets more complex is the idea Of Well, the very act of you allowing yourself to potentially get it not only affects you, but then you're you're spreading it. And thus, yeah, maybe it's a good and what they're saying there effectively is that potentially something could be a good decision for a healthy person not to get the vaccine. But it's not a good decision for society or civilization as a whole. Now, that gets really complicated because how would you ask of an individual if he is suffering, let's say, and we're not saying he is, but some people think they would be to get the vaccine. So to me, it's a very complicated issue. Um, Now, when you bring the NFL into it, and Jonas, I want to get your thoughts on it. It feels like it gets less complicated because it's a business. Yeah. And, and Hopkins could very easily say, and it's funny because this isn't the side I t- typically take, but it does feel like Hopkins could not play this year. The same, the same way that we say, hey, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be with Green Bay. He can go play in the Canadian Football League. He can play arena football. He can, you know, there's a lot of football leagues. The fact that the NFL is effectively a business Right? It's all the teams are divisions of the business in a way and they all operate together. And the fact that you want to play in the NFL means that if you, the rules of the NFL is that you get drafted, you go somewhere and you got a five year contract or a fifty year option. That's you don't have to play in the NFL. So Hopkins doesn't have to play in the NFL. My gut feeling is he can resist it. But it's hard to blame a business for saying we think it's better for our business that the vaccine levels are reached. What's your gut feeling?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that the important thing to point out is that they're not – they're not demanding that you get vaccinated or else you just can't play. What they are doing though, is saying, well, if you're unvaccinated and you get a uh, test positive, here's what's going to happen to not only you, but all the people around you and everybody. So they're, they're pushing you as far as they possibly can without drawing a line in the sand and telling you, you can't play in our league unless you get vaccinated. And so, uh, you know, I, I still, I, I think these players are going to be tested quite often. The players that don't want to get vaccinated, Cole Beasley, He's been very outspoken about it. My whole thing is I, I'm just not a fan of the mob mentality. And it feels it, it,
0: it, what is the mob mentality? It, it's case?
2: it's there's this this push that like we, we've lost the ability to just agree to disagree. Like that's just not allowed anymore. And, oh for sure. And it, feel, it feels like, you know, to, to I, I just think We got to stop labeling people that either get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated. Like, I'm tired of hearing about people that get vaccinated and the other side... When you say
0: label, are you saying that we shouldn't make it public or we we shouldn't have a judgment put upon it? it,
2: It's a a judgment more so than anything. So when when somebody decides to get vaccinated, I'm tired of hearing people that are against the vaccine or don't want to get it. I'm tired of hearing them call them a sheep or weak or yeah, you'll just do whatever they tell you. And, you know, uh, vice versa, I'm tired of somebody that's that doesn't want to get vaccinated i'm tired of the other side telling them they're reckless and they have a death wish and uh they're pro pandemic and it's like all these and and it's like the nfl is pushing players in this direction and i'm just fatigued with the whole thing all the way through like i just want to talk football like that's it it's more it wears me out
0: this dialogue that you're hearing where there's the recriminations and the name calling is where are you hearing that mostly
2: oh it's it's social media that's yeah, where okay. you get a lot of it from but you're, you're getting you know like like jalen ramsey comes out and and he says you know something on twitter about hey uh, you know i'm not going to sit in judgment if a teammate of mine decides not to get the vaccine like he just says i'm, I'm not going to do that if, if my teammates decide not to get vaccinated i'm going to support them and you do what you got to do and he gets pushed back on that. And then Deion, or DeAndre Hopkins makes comments and he gets pushed back on that. And Cole Beasley makes comments and he gets pushed back on that. It's like there's no ability for these guys to have feelings or, or, or I don't know, rights is, is the way you want to call it, but have an opinion of their own for whatever their personal beliefs are. And I think a lot of that stuff should be kept private. And unfortunately,
0: this is where we're at now. And here's the thing. It's very easy to say that. And I think it's wrong. But it's very easy to say, oh, okay, you can either get the vaccine and not ever get this illness, or, or be protected from this illness for the most part, though. Obviously, Bill Maher was an example, you know, where he got it and, he, and then he, uh, he was vaccinated, but then he got COVID. And then uh, I think in theory it was Chris Paul, though I'm not sure if we knew for sure. Um, maybe we did, I don't know. Um, but it's easy to say, You know, yeah, there's gonna be these exceptions, but the dumb people aren't getting it, and the smart people are, because there. I've seen a lot of complex things on it where specifically, um, if you had COVID and you get the vaccine. And I'm not a doctor, so I'll say there was general talk of there could be too many of the antibodies and it could be a negative thing to the body. And like a lot of these colleges are creating an environment where they can't look at every student and assess, did they really have it or not? And they're just trying to get everyone to get it. And it kind of makes sense for the college. But if you're the parent of the individual kid, it, in that case, it's better for that kid, let's say that my, what I've heard is correct, hypothetic, or potentially it's better for that kid not to get it, because uh, the vaccine, because he already had the ailment and he has that. Now you could say, well, what about the different strains? And you know what? It'd be nice if we could sit and read what the government put out or what the C, uh, CDC put out. We can't. <laughs> but, but what we know is that we were told at the beginning of the pandemic that masks don't make any difference. And then we're told later that we were told that because they didn't want the mask to go to us. They wanted the mask to go to the people that needed it. So we got lied to. And I don't care what you say is the idea that one, that, that when, if you look at like the, um, the Wuhan and clinic and, and the debate about where uh, COVID originated and one day, If you were on, I think it was Facebook, but it might be Facebook and YouTube, but it was one of those that you weren't allowed saying it came from Wuhan. (laughs) And then President Biden said, you know something, there's a chance it came from Wuhan. We think about 30 percent. Then the next day it became legal again. I mean, that's starting to get Orwellian. So if science I'm not saying science always has to have the right answer to me. It's a lot like sports betting, right? When Fezzik has a pick on an NFL game, when I have a pick on the NFL game, it's not going to win 100% of the time. It might only win about 55%, but you know what? It's going to be more right than any other answer. That's our goal, even if it's 55%. So if science just put themselves to that standard, that we're not always going to be right, but we're going to be right more often than any other source you can find, I could so much better deal with it but when they try to make it like it's a, a replacement for religion and we're worshiping at the secular altar of science then that implies it's it's never wrong and we know for sure that's not the case
2: yeah i was taught Early on, I remember my mom telling me this when I was when I was a kid. She just said, brush your teeth, whatever. Yeah. with well, that, too. She said, whatever you do, she's like, don't talk politics and don't talk religion with people. I remember where I well, was. You're doing it said it 225 stations well, right no, now, but, but the point. No, but the point <laughs> being the point being her her thought was you're never going to convince somebody who's that adamant about where they were, where they are, that your opinion is better than theirs, and that they should agree with you. So, also, it's it's kind of a waste of time. And and you mentioned it, and the two things you pointed out: there's a political aspect to to this vaccine stuff, and there is anybody that denies it is just not not being truthful. And also, like you mentioned, religion. And it feels like this is now merged into that grouping of things that people just aren't going to agree on. Yet they continue to try and pound the table to make sure that their side is the right side to be on. And I just it feels like a waste of time. Like I don't I don't. And, and I see so many people engage in it.
0: And both sides are guilty of it. And yep. what I would say is that. For a long time, it was the religious right that was, you know, at times in judgment. They were saying, if you do this, you're, you know, when you say you're going to hell, you know, that's a pretty strong (laughs) disavow, you know, a pretty strong saying we don't like that action. Yeah. Okay. So, which was interesting. Because when Hillary Clinton said the deplorables, she, you know, she also said, um, I think irredeemable was uh, the other word she used. But it had a religious connotation of like this person can't be saved effectively, which really, you know, turns people off. Because if someone can't be saved, it's like death row. Then where is the most dangerous people? Why? Because they got nothing to lose. Right. If you can't ever be forgiven for what you did. Then why not do something just as bad tomorrow? Because you're just you're not going to be forgiven anyway. So I think it's important that and we see that sometimes politically that someone says something when they're 15 or 16. It's not like stone cold racist, but it's on you know it's fringy. It's a little. But then we're going to label them as as racist or whatever, even though or people that let's say evolve away from positions and people still want to be critical of them. But to me. The religious right on one side judging, I don't like it, but on the other side now, with progressives, if you don't pass their purity test, and Mackenzie, who is a radical, I mean, I don't know how else to say it, <laughs> uh, I mean, would you agree with that? I would. All right, radical. is. On the left, there's a lot of purity tests these days, and if you if you even said, let's say, a good word about President Trump, oh, you were in trouble. I mean, I think both sides are in a position now that people are afraid. You hear it on both sides. You know, guys in the middle or gals in the middle or a little left to say, you know, something. I like Trump. They they wouldn't say that in mixed company. I know a guy who I don't want to give any details. This is a guy that is probably one of the. Who 20 most famous sports media guys out there? It's not Colin Cowherd, <laughs> and he would have been higher than 20. And it, 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 he was, and I, I yeah, I don't think this gives anything away. He was saying he likes Trump, and he says, I wouldn't dare say that to anybody, you know. And we were just talking about it, and you know, he so. Not, I guess, anyone, you know, that wasn't as open-minded as me, maybe. But to, <laughs> but to me, the idea on either side. Of saying I have a feeling a little different than the party line, but I'm afraid to say it. Man, to me that's a bad thing all yeah, around. Real quick, I totally McKen- agree. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jonas.
2: No, no, I was going to say I totally agree. I think I think we enter into
0: dangerous territory when that starts to become the outlook. Last thing on this, let's go to the radical. <laughs> What's your take on the way uh, McKenzie, the NFL is handling this player rights? Like, where, like, hit us real quick with your your general thoughts.
1: I think the NFL is handling it absolutely correctly. You can allow people freedom, as Hopkins tweeted, freedom, well, you question mark. Well, don't allow
0: people freedom. They exactly. have it in this country.
1: And you're not denying anything making them have extra travel restrictions or making them do extra testing because they're more likely to have a disease that could cost billions or at least millions in any particular NFL game. You got to protect your. You got to protect your assets, as the NFL. I 100% agree. I also agree with people that don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason. It's a very personal choice. I would never begrudge anybody on my team or, in general, yeah. for that so decision. Actually, I,
0: and if I'm not mistaken, Mackenzie, you actually lied to get the vaccine earlier. Is that true?
1: <laughs> well, I, I have had a cigarette in the past two years, so I am a smoker. But you said you had
0: influenza, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> uh, just don't tell my insurance companies.
0: All right, that's Mackenzie Rivers. And and here's the last question I got and let's go around the horn with this one. If the NFLs mandated and said you got to be vaccinated or you can't play. Obviously that would be on the border of starting to be wrong at minimum. But I could see it from a certain angle as much as I'm like all about freedom, it's a business and a business yep. can say if it's a protected class, you can't say, you know, no Of uh, people of this uh, minority group or whatever can be. You can't say that, but you can say uh, you got to wear a shirt. You know, there's, uh, if you own a business, you can make rules. The NFL is a business. I know you wouldn't like it, Jonas, but could you see the NFL having a right to go in that far
2: yeah but I also think uh, I I definitely could and I could understand from a business standpoint why they would need to make that choice and and who knows maybe there's an adjustment to this uh, if they get into the season and they find themselves with you know more players testing positive than they realize um, that then maybe they could go that direction so I understand from a business standpoint why they would go there I think even the NFL for as strong as they came out today with this news about you know what will happen to vaccinated and unvaccinated players if they test positive. I think even the NFL, that would be last resort for
0: them. I, I think they would try and avoid that as much as possible. Real quick, McKenzie, can, would you support the NFL if they decided to do that?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely under their discretion. But like Jonas just said, they're going to do everything they can, like they did last year, to reschedule these games so nobody misses any game checks.
0: Well, thanks for repeating what Jonas said 30 seconds ago. <laughs> That's McKenzie Rivers. I'm RJ Bow. Let's take our first break. It was a jumbo segment there. We're going to get into is there any news on this emergency meeting with the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma? Imagine that SEC conference. We'll be back in a moment.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree
0: with intervention. I disagree with I'm goal. Goal. We're straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue the topic from around the world of football, including major changes possibly coming in the world of college football.
0: And we got some breaking news, actually, on that Big 12 meeting. McKenzie gave it to us. In fact, Let's go straight to him and get it breaking. What are, what have we found out over the wires, as they say?
1: According to Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, multiple sources have told him that Oklahoma and Texas will not be part of the Big 12 conference call, the emergency conference call to decide what to do about the future of the Big 12. I right. that Thamel
0: is he? He's with Yahoo, not Sports Illustrated. Uh, Yahoo now. Yeah. Oh, okay. He moved. Okay. Yeah. Um, the what is that? Tell us, Jonas. If they're not part of it, it feels defiant. It feels like maybe they do want to go.
2: Yeah, there was a report that came out last night that, um, and, and I forget the reporter's name, uh, but he had said that in talking with sources that Texas and Oklahoma intend to notify the Big 12 that they're not going to renew their um, media rights, their media obligations after 2025. So they're going to try and apply for the SEC. They want to get into the SEC. What's interesting about this is that the one team, the, the SEC has been quiet about it uh oklahoma and texas have both not gone on the record yet uh as as far as i know but the one team that did was texas a&m because texas a&m wants to be the only texas school Mm. in the conference so they of course have a vested interest as as to what happens with texas possibly coming in
0: i mean if i'm not an expert at this but my best buddy coach at houston for a few years and uh Uh, His brother, who I know well, coached at Texas Tech uh, with Leach for like, I think, seven or eight years. So I have a little flavor of Texas recruiting. There are so many little niches and and, and curiosities when it comes to recruiting Texas. And as much as, you know, A&M feels like it's, you know, as big as Texas as a football power or at least as a, you know, brand – it's like when, uh, you know, in the glory days when when, when they uh, went up against USC and how good they were at that point is they were getting almost everyone they wanted in Texas, Texas-wise. Yeah. And you wouldn't necessarily think that, right? You'd think, yeah, Texas is ahead of A&M, but not that far ahead. and. You know, you look at, like, a bailer and, 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 like, the idea that they could come and get so good so fast, and it was all about recruiting. And, again, I know just enough to screw it up, but it, it's the people that really understand that, it, it and it's not even a debate. I mean, Florida has a lot of great kids. California does. Pennsylvania does. Ohio does when it comes to football. But Texas is it. It is. And, I mean, Oklahoma gets almost all their good players. I mean, imagine that Oklahoma has to go down there at a disadvantage and they still a majority of their best players from Texas.
2: Well, I mean, you know this from being in Ohio. How many times do you hear about a kid grew up in Michigan, chose Ohio State? You know, or, or, by, or, kid well, it didn't happen in,
0: very often.
2: Well, a kid grew up in Pennsylvania, <laughs> and, and as opposed to going to a Penn State, they wanted to go to Ohio State. And so yeah. that, now that made sense. These bordering towns, like these, or these bordering states, rather, th- if they can, if they can get involved. And, and Nick Saban did something that I thought was really smart. So he came out at a um, high school coaches uh, sort of conference. They had this big conference for high school coaches, and he talked about how his quarterback, Bryce Young, who never even started a game for Alabama is already approaching a million dollars in name image and likeness sponsorships and he's never started a game and where did Nick Saban make that announcement? At the Texas high school coaches conference he knew what he was doing he's there in Texas where there's all sorts of talent as you pointed out and he wants these coaches to let, let, let it be known if you come to Alabama this is what happens even if you don't start a game yet this is the ability that we're able to provide some people
0: any time there's more free market, when there's less friction, the cream rises to the top. And for whatever other reasons, Alabama is one of the, if not the destination, though I think Ohio State had a better recruiting class this year, I heard. Right. But is now the idea that you're, notori- or you're curating or how aware the country is going to be of you – not only affects you in all the other ways it does, but now it affects your bottom line. And all of a sudden, now the kid who maybe would have been the outlier that would have went to, um, let's say, a South Carolina, you know, even though they could have went to Alabama, they choose a South Carolina. That's going to become even a tougher decision if the the difference in dollars from the name, image, likeness is is drastic. Like like it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. I, I, this show, a, lo- a lot of people love it, and a lot of listeners have watched it, but you want to get a little flavor of how serious high school football is in Texas, Friday Night Lights. Now, the movie with Billy Bob Thornton is awesome, and there's a book that um, it all started from, and but the TV series is, you know, in some... People's Minds, one of the 10 best ever. And I still remember that first episode. Have you seen it, Jonas?
2: No, I haven't seen the TV series, but I've heard good things about it. And and I love, you know, uh, like a lot of that, like Last Chance U is about uh, junior college football on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's fantastic. So any of those shows that sort of center around high school or
0: JC football, I always think are a lot of fun. Now, the thing about Friday Night Lights, they kind of mixed in that element with like, Beverly Hills 90210 where there's dating and so to me <laughs> I used to love those shows too so it's like the dream show but it but 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 if you're straight football it's got a little too much of the dating stuff and if you're straight dating it's got too much football so I think that's why the show always was rated poorly they tried to be everything to everyone and they you know not became nothing to no one but it hurt them I think but in the first episode there's there's a town and that's, you know, the, the place where, you know, the show set. And it's been this football, not a dynasty, but like one of the, you know, one of the better towns for that. And they showed that every, like winning state was the goal. Like that's what mattered, winning state. And what ended up happening that first episode was everyone that had a ring at one point showed it. So like there's a 55-year-old guy. And you see him eating his eggs and the camera pans over and you see the state championship from you know, 1970 or whatever. And then you see some dude who's 28 and he's talking to the kids saying, that's why you don't have one of these. And he's pointing at his ring. And like the entire town was about who had that ring and it gave the rest of their life purpose. And now that I think about it, the actual movie had that element too cuz the dad threw the ring out with the son that he was tough with. So, but uh, Friday Night Lights, A+ I think. Uh, if you if you like that kind of stuff. So, the Big 12 if it didn't have Oklahoma and Texas. Yeesh. I mean, is it like <laughs> is it like the conference Cincinnati's in? I mean, it, it, I mean, it's rough. Yeah, yeah. Texas Tech,
2: and and I also, I I was funny because I was thinking about this earlier. Um, Like, I I don't like teams moving conferences just because traditionally you think of certain schools in certain places. Like, I still think Maryland, I think ACC. Like, that's just the way my mind works. But Maryland's in the Big Ten now, and I think you know Nebraska, I think Big Twelve. You know, but they're in the Big Ten now, and I just think that this is part of. You know, we've seen schools move around, but we haven't seen schools with this much influence that could really cripple a conference. I mean, I, I don't know what that conference turns into if you lose Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, you'll have Oklahoma State there and you'll have a couple other teams there that, that are that are pretty good teams. But these are really the two. It would be the equivalent would be, you know, if you uh, know, in, in the in the SEC, if Alabama and LSU decided to leave. I mean, like, there would still be a couple of good teams, but you would look at it and go, all right, well, if we lost them, this would completely change the landscape of this entire conference. And I just wonder if this is the future of college football that we're getting closer and closer to consolidating into super conferences and we're going to get rid of the uh, power five
0: as we know it. I rarely disagree with Jonas, but I'm going to disagree
1: be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: All right, here's why I disagreed with Jonas. I think Darwinian is a phrase that you know it's kind of niche. Is it's the rules of Darwin, right? Natural selection wherever you're talking. So like, hey, who gets into Harvard? Or Yale McKenzie, Darwinian, right? It's survival of the fittest. To me, whenever you have, there's a consequence if you screw up, if you don't achieve, and if you do achieve, you benefit. I like that because I think it it acts as an incentive. So to me, if the SEC is running things better, and I think unequivocally, they ran the pandemic year better than the other conferences, and you've got better teams there, that power should allow you to accrue more power. Get the best two, just like a company. When Apple, they'll go in and take the best three computer guys from a smaller company. You know why? Because they can. And if we aren't this way in this country, the rest of the world's going to be. So it's like kind of like there's no choice. But – and if a, if a conference like the Big 12 doesn't suck up to a Texas and Oklahoma if they're so vital – then that's going to make them start looking around, right? So imagine how bad husbands would be if a wife could never get divorced, right? In theory, there's a consequence if you act up and in the, or act inappropriately. And to me, if the SEC is acting very effectively, efficiently, and the Big 12 isn't, there should be a consequence, what do you think, Jones?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's I, I understand, you know, why you would want to reward the SEC in that regard. I'm just saying as a traditionalist, oh, no,
0: I agree it, 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 sentimentally. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's but I, I also acknowledge it, it's just like I didn't like, you know, the idea of expanding from four playoff teams in the college football playoff. But then you start to think, all right, well, financially, it just makes so much more sense for the entire sport. So I understand why they would go that direction. Um, this and I don't know if this is imminent if this is going to happen within the next couple of years. I think they're tied into it until 2025. But I just wonder what this now does to some of the other conferences and whether or not this will spark other schools from other conferences to want to leave whatever conference they're in to go join another
0: super conference. Let's take our final break. And, hey, here's the thing. I I still have my big eight duffel bag. So, I mean, I'm a treat. I mean, I, (laughs) I hear you. And I've got my WWWF um t-shirt oh yeah yeah gotcha. you didn't know yeah. do, you, do you do you remember well you were too young but like before i think 1981 it was it wasn't the wwf it was the WWWF.
2: yeah with the three w's and then exactly because of world wildlife foundation they had to go to wwe and yeah
0: you know, so yeah. they went yeah. from WWWF to wwf to wwe yeah.
2: yeah
0: all right when we come back it's The first time we're going to have it, Mackenzie Rivers is giving us his NFL over under season wins of the year when we come back.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
2: I'm
0: R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we are officially two weeks away from your Steelers taking the field against the Dallas Cowboys in the Hall of Fame game. That kicks off uh, surprisingly, and I think to some people uh, without knowing it because of all the other discussions that are happening, just two weeks away now from the first game of the season, Steelers-Cowboys in Canton.
0: So we've got a system that we have like NFL tier one stories, tier two stories, tier three stories, NFL tier three in the packet McKenzie and Spencer put together. It says Steelers posted a picture of a slim down Big Ben arriving at training camp at 521 a.m. <laughs> so I wonder, let's bring McKenzie in. McKenzie, what was the thought process of including the 521 a.m.?
1: Well, it's not exactly sure the moment he arrived, but that's when they posted it. They definitely their PR team in my opinion, were thinking, let's show Big Ben being an early riser and you know get that hype, tra- hype train started.
0: Well yeah, I understand why they did it. I'm, I'm just thinking it, I think it's great that you, we've got that info, but I just well, wondered if if you, we, were deli- if you were deliberating including it or not.
1: If, I figured we might want to talk Hall of Fame game. that line finally came out. The Steelers are a one point favorite in two weeks versus the Cowboys. All right, Jonas, you throw
0: it to him because we're we're giving Mackenzie an official full-on best bet here. All right,
2: well, this is a man who has made his money and big money it is, and he spends big money in the NBA all year long. But he has identified a season win total in the NFL. We turn it over to Mackenzie Rivers.
1: We are going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over their season win total of 11 and a half. So 12 wait, and whoa, five wins.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa! The Super Bowl champions are going to be, that we turn everyone are going to be good. That's your pick.
1: I I listen closely. I agree with the idea. (laughs) Is this super public team actually being priced like a super public team, they don't have the best Super Bowl odds. They don't have the highest season win total, even though if I think on paper they have by far the best team, a lot like last year's Chiefs. They're bringing everybody back. Shaq, Bar- Shaq Barrett got re-signed. Gronk, the GOAT Tom Brady obviously will be there. And we saw them when they got everybody together the second half of the season. They won their last eight games. They covered six. They're playing their best ball. I expect that to continue with more continuity on the way. And by the way, their division got worse. The Saints lost Tom Brady. I mean, uh, lost Drew Brees. And the Falcons, they may be in a rebuild. No Julio Jones, new coach. So I definitely like them to win the division at minus 200. And I like them to go over 11 and a half on their season wins. Are you throwing a
0: separate pick in just at the very end to confuse everyone? So, yes. Which one <laughs> No, that like? wasn't the intention. Which one do you like better? You like the division or you like the over?
1: I like the over 11-and-a-half better, less vague, make a little more money.
0: Okay. Here's why, and, and by the way, tomorrow he's got another pick, the Harlem Globetrotters over <laughs> the New Jersey Generals, I guess. But we'll see what the number is. But I actually agree with him here, and here's why. He said it at the very end, continuity, is it was a pandemic year with a new quarterback. And they started out, I think, 7-5, and five, and it made sense. And Brady's a guy that loves repetition. He loves practice. And he wasn't able to max that out. And they weren't all that good before the bye. The way they played after the bye, I think, is more indicative of what we're going to be seeing this year because they're going to benefit as much as any team from a fuller offseason, a fuller training camp, etc., So, to me, if you look at Tampa in the whole season last year, you could make the case that they should be second uh, favorites behind Kansas City. But if you look at Tampa from the bye week on late in the year, they were clearly the best team. And I think that team, because – of the time that was needed to get them integrated with Brady is more indicative of how good Tampa will be. So I'm going to actually agree with McKenzie's over 11.5 on Tampa Bay season wins.
2: If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. Also included a best bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their win total. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find the show Monday through Friday as well on the I Radio app. Straight Outta Vegas!